The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Media Mash, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Steve Dennis. Oh my gosh, what a week to be a Cowboys fan. What a week to be on the radio talking Cowboys football. Yes, my name is Steve Dennis. First time on DallasCowboys.com radio since 2014. If I could just take a quick moment for personal side. Uh, in fact, one of our foursome today and I did the break together. You did. In 2014. Uh, pretty good season, too, that the official decided to ruin at the end of it. But uh, I want to thank real quick, uh, again, one more second of personal stuff. Chris Beam, I call him rookie, uh, for making this happen, along with Derek Eagleton, Nick Eatman, um, and Scott Purcell, and whoever else. All right, as far as me being the host of this show, I don't agree with that. I think we're going to have four hosts of this show uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, it's going to be a free-for-all. There is no host. There's... Nick wants to call timeout. Yeah, already. is this just your way of saying you also want to be an analyst as well? <laughs> well I want to, yeah. Okay. I just uh, better ideas will come from you three right. than from me. So. I just because you've you've got the mo- more opinions than anyone I've ever seen. So you can be a host, but you're also going to oh, throw some heat. And don't and don't kid yourself. Mine have been bottled up for about eight <laughs> nine months now. You guys have been talking about all this stuff forever. The name of this show is Media Mash, and what that means is we're going to. Mash it up on the most important Cowboys topics week to week. Uh, that's it. So here comes the foursome. I'm see. I'm not the official host. We're all four hosts. Okay. So introduce yourself. Get in there, John. State your affiliation, <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe your favorite cereal. Oh, I'm going first. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm John Machado. I cover the Cowboys for the Athletic. Uh, favorite cereal. I guess I'll go with Captain Crunch. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to this, though. I appreciate you inviting me on here. And obviously, I've known everybody on this panel for a long time, so this should be fun. All right. Nick Eatman. I usually sit over there on the break, but I like switching it up here. I've been doing this for a few years now, and um, I don't eat cereal. So I don't know. I mean, I don't. You, I don't eat. I don't, you've, all, you've all grossed up past nah, cereal. I just, I just don't. I don't eat it. I don't know. What? I mean, now, now I buy it a lot because my kid will eat Captain Crunch all day and Lucky Charms, except for he gets the little. He doesn't eat the cereal. Get just charms just, out. Just sure. charms out. So sure. that's it. Pick so them by yeah, color. Step yeah. on a few when they fall, but I usually don't eat them. But it's okay. Okay. I'm Rob Phillips of DallasCowboys.com and Dallas Cowboys Media. I usually sit there in Nick's seat, but Chris actually made me move because the lights shine on my bald spot so bad that he made me move to the right. So this is where I normally sit now for talking Cowboys. My favorite cereal has to be Lucky Charms. Nick, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. I, You're good. I got other issues. Yeah. <laughs> we got other issues. Everybody's got their own problems. No, I appreciate that, Chris. Everyone's got yeah. their problems. Hey, I'm the only one wearing a hat, Rob. Why do you think I'm doing that? <laughs> I mean, I have not left my house without a hat on my head probably in about eight months. It's the new look. That's I wouldn't take it off and show you what, how the lights may affect me. Well, maybe days. I'm headed down that road, too. Honey, I wear a hat to work now? Honey Nut Cheerios. Come on, you guys. That's the right answer. It's, you just completely went by it. Um, I, I want to tip of the cap. Uh, again, the name of the show is Media Mash. Uh, it's going to be Nick or Rob. 
uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, 4 to 5, with uh, a smallish rotation of media beat, beat people. We're people, working on that. People Steve. who see every single second of a Cowboys season, and Mishota is certainly one of them. We're happy he's here first. There will be others, uh, and it will be a free-for-all. We don't have a lot of time. I'm used to having a longer show when you can talk about cereal and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> and I refuse to call this a podcast, by the way, because everybody has a podcast. I like to call it a show. Right. Is that okay? I like that. Is that okay? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like you guys have been talking about all this stuff, man. I've been listening and reading all of you uh, for, for the entire preseason. But the way I see it, you Cowboys fans out there all across the world, uh, your team plays in two nights. And I think there's two major things on your mind from my point of view. And all the people I talk to, these two things come up. Number one will be topic number one. And it's not this notion that the national media has been throwing around for a month and a half. Will Dak Prescott play against Tampa Bay? Is he going to make it for the game? Of course he was going to make it for the game. That's why they went through that whole deal of cautiousness, etc. The question is, how will he play? How will Dak play in the opener against the Super Bowl champions on the road? Mashoda. How will Dak play? I think he's going to be rusty for a few series. I don't think it'll be all game. And, you know, I, I saw that CBS had a uh, conference call with all their analysts, and, and Romo was on, and he talked about how he liked to play in the preseason just to kind of get things down, just because every, every season, you know, there's some new pieces in there. And so, you know, after reading that, it kind of made me think that I could see there being a little bit of rust. I will say that the thing that is beneficial to Dak is that and I'm not going to act like I sat here and I watched all 31 other teams' wide receivers groups, but I, I have watched this team for the last decade, and I don't know that you can find two more quarterback-friendly receivers than C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper hit the ground running when he got traded to the Cowboys in the middle of the 2019 season. And then you got C.D. Lamb, who I just feel like he's always playing with a different quarterback, whether when he was at Oklahoma— and then last season, he, he was clicking with Dak, and then Dak gets hurt, and then he plays with three other starting quarterbacks, and he still had a really good rookie year. I think he could have, if Dak stays healthy the whole year, I think CeeDee Lamb could have put up like Justin Jefferson type numbers. I do think he's, he's on that level. He might do that this year. Um, so that definitely helps him. The other thing that helps him is that most of these pieces he's been around for a while. So I don't see this being like, well, it might take a couple games or, or something like that. I think it'll be a couple series at most. I think that, you know, it might, it might take him a little bit to kind of get in a rhythm. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, from what we get to see at practice, now, I don't see a guy that, that is, is trying to, like, favor anything, whether it's his arm, whether it's his, it's his ankle. Uh, again, maybe some rust early, but I don't think it'll be all game. For me, I think that the key for him is going to be his first nine-yard run. I think he can throw the ball all day long, and he I think he will. I agree, but it'll be a little rusty. But when it's third and six and he decides to take off and, and dive, slide, do whatever, and gets up, and gives that ball to the official and gets back and dusts himself off and says, all right, I'm back, then I think he can. they can go forward. And I think that's going to be a real big moment for him and for this team. It's that, you know, just can you can you get there? Can you overcome? Because we all know how the season ended. I think for him the biggest hurdle is just, and, and it may be a mental hurdle, just get that first down, show you can be Dak as a runner, and then this team can, can flourish. Well, real quick on that point, though, 
what if it comes on, because I was thinking about this the other day, what if it comes on just because this defensive line from Tampa Bay is so talented, what if it's like on one of the first couple of plays? I'm not saying necessarily a sack, but maybe he just gets rid of the ball and takes a big hit. Is that similar to you, or do you, or do you yeah. definitely want to see the run? Well, I think I, want, I just want to see the run. I mean, yeah. I, I want to see that like if he's going to be Dak, $40 million a year, he's got to be himself. And what's made him himself is the threat to run, threat to dive, run over someone, flip over the top, whatever. He's got to do that. Taking a hit, that's part of it. But I think... And that'll show teams too. Like that linebacker can sit there all he wants. He's going to run and get that first down. Rob, I think that's the key for him is to kind of show he can be himself. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's probably a little rust there. Although the practices we saw at the end of training camp, he looked like Dak. I mean, he was cutting it loose. He looked confident back there. There's probably a little bit of getting into live action for the first time again and seeing the field and seeing things develop against a championship-level defense, which he hasn't faced. Um, and he hasn't played in a game in almost a year. But to me, I'll take it a different track. Like I think it's also what's, what's going on in front of him. What's the protection like? Because this is a talented offensive line at full strength, but it's probably not going to be at full strength in this game. We think Lyle Collins is going to start at right tackle. Zach Martin's probably not going to play in this game. They're still kind of holding out hope. I don't know. I just went back and I watched the entire Super Bowl from two nights ago, I watched you know the domination that the Bucks had, and they got pressure against a banged up. It's a banged up Chiefs offensive line with just four. That's all they needed. They didn't have to blitz anybody, and when they did blitz guys, they picked off Pat Mahomes. They're really, really good up front, and I think the Cowboys at full strength are really good up front, but they're not at full strength. So what does that look like in this game? And we all know Todd Bowles a little bit. He doesn't care. No, he's he's gonna he's yeah, gonna up, come hard. I, I got two things I want to throw out here. To me, uh, I have an opinion about elite athletes. Uh, I don't care what the sport is. If you are at the highest level, which Dak is, he's a tremendous elite athlete. He hasn't played in what 333 days. You guys have said that many times. Uh, I think the expectations are too high for him in this game because I don't care if it's Tiger who when you when you play at that level, that elite level and you don't do it for a year, it's more than rust to me. It's now he may be okay, but he's not going to be Dak at his best. He's just simply not. He, he's gonna. I think he's going to need the first two games to be at his best and comfortable and doing what he does. Um, it's very reminiscent of Romo to me, and for some reason I compare everything when it comes to the quarterback position to Romo. But Romo, when he had to be Superman, sometimes didn't handle it. Dak can't feel that way. He can't take the field in Tampa thinking that he has to be Superman. Oh, my gosh, they didn't have me last year. I see what happened. I'm back. This is Brady. This is Tampa. This is the opener. I just think there's too much on him. I think expectations should be low for his level of play. That doesn't mean the Cowboys couldn't yeah. win. Yeah. But, but in my opinion, give Dak a game or two to get to his level. Hasn't he done this his whole life? Yeah. I mean, expectations at Mississippi State are never anything above your ankle. He's gone in there, and he took it to another level. He carried that team. He was Superman for them. He's done that his whole life. He did it when Romo went down. You talked about Romo liking the preseason. Well, his last actual play, he was like crunched over. He never did it again. So I don't know how much he loved it at the end of his career. He, he took over from there, and he, he was Superman. So I, I, I think that you're making good points, Steve, but I think for him, he's, he's 
he's done. I mean, he's been Superman for his whole yeah. family. He's a hard guy to doubt. Right. I mean, he, on and off the field, he's he's dealt with stuff his whole life. So, to me, a shoulder strain and an ankle broken ankle, I think that's nothing compared to what he's dealt with. So I don't think he looks at it that way. He he maybe he should. I don't think he does. See, now you're getting to his mentality. What do you think, Michelle? Do you think Dak, in his mind, feels like he has to do everything Thursday night? No, I don't think he feels that way. He's got too much talent around him for him to feel that way from an offensive standpoint. What you get into uh, as in a, a wider view, though, is the beginning of last season where it's like it's bigger than the offense. It's If your defense is just giving up points every drive and you feel like, man, we're going to have to have to score 40 every game like that, and, and do Cleveland. onside kicks and wild pl- just yeah. to stay in the game. And, and by the way, that's Brady who's doing it, right? Which is the the elitist. He's level. good. Yeah. So so Dak's <laughs> watching good. that and going, oh man, I got to try to keep up with that dude yeah. while he's watching the defense give something up. But if, he also if it does. He yeah, but he also knows what's around him. I mean, he's he's got a lot of talent around him. I mean, even with Zach Martin uh, unlikely to play in this game, there's still a, it's still a pretty good offensive line. And then just even the two deep at tight end and running back. And then the receivers that he has, like he knows what's around him. He he knows that as as long as you know they stay, they don't have the injuries they had last year. I think he I think he understands. I mean, to your point about Mississippi State, like I mean, he didn't have any of these. There's not name another player that he played with at Mississippi State. You know. Well, he had a good receiver. Forgot his name. Already. <laughs> Eric Moulds. No. No, he no. I think I thought they were going to say that. I think his, <laughs> his name was buddy like, that the Cowboys Moles. looked at. What was that's his name? That's all I've got. I think it was like ninety-eight. Like I would have yes. got him. I would have got him snaps in the preseason. I'm sorry, Rob. I I don't know. I think they did the right thing because you covered the Texas Rangers at some point throughout oh, your career. We th- did not do that. Thanks for bringing that. I, well, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never covered baseball, but everything that they've said and what we saw in Hard Knocks was this is a pitching injury, and you can like that. Aggravate it, make it worse. I it's a tough call to make because if you don't play him, you risk rust. If you play him, you risk further injury. They cited on caution, knowing to your point that week one you're playing the best team you're gonna play all year long. So it's gonna be an uphill battle. Because I do think it's gonna take a little time to get everybody going, getting in sync a little bit, but they're looking for 17 games. And if they can play well and find a way in this game, then that's as big of a momentum boost as I can imagine for this team going into week two of a football season. And back to Bowles, because of Dak's situation, he's sending. He, he's a blitz king anyway. But he may not have to. He may not have to. That's the th- he, They got 48 sacks last year without having to do a ton of blitzing. I mean, they do it, but in that Super Bowl, they didn't have to do it at all. I'm, I, without Zach Martin, that could be a problem. And I, Connor McGovern's the guy they like. But this is a different this is a different yeah. group they're facing, not not mm. to mention what Zach means in the run game too, which to John's point is take some pressure off of him a little bit with Zeke and try to get that going. And he's never Dak love him, love the the player he is. He's never been a guy that'll just sit and pick apart a defense with his arm and, and just you know, he can thread the needle. He certainly can. But these intermediate routes and things like that and, and just and you know um, if, if you try to sit back and he could just go through the zone, that's not been his strong suit. So that's what you're saying. If he doesn't have to blitz and he can sit six, seven guys back there, mm-hmm. that's really dangerous because he's still getting the pressure he wants and he's also playing the coverage back there. Now, you know, but these receivers are going to have to win. That's one thing I yeah. look at receivers versus secondary for Tampa Bay. If you're going to do the new old newspaper check mark on each side, 
I think they get the check mark there, the receivers versus their DBs. They're going to have to win. Agreed. And, and Dak is like Tony, too. He loves the big moments. He relishes yeah. the big moments. He, I mean, imagine how amped up he's going to be. He hasn't been on the field. Yeah. Last time he left the field, he was crying in front of all of us. And just how pissed off he was in hard knocks when they took him out. Yeah. You know, or when they were limiting his snaps before the shoulder strength. <laughs> That's you true. Know? I, Dude, that was ready. a different he's... side of deck. I hadn't seen that one. Like cussing out the backup yeah. quarterback because he <laughs> I didn't win ask the game. You I didn't ask you to go win. Yeah. Well, well that, that's a true leader now. Well, if, if he's been growing to that, he's reached it when he can be that kind yeah. of a smart A. Right. He got, he got him out of here. He what do you guys think? Uh, how do you think the Cowboys did in handling the backup quarterback position this preseason? Real quick, not a deep discussion. We don't have to mash this one to death. But I understand it because they had the best backup quarterback in the league last year. And we know, of course, he lost more than just yeah. QB1. But uh, are you guys comfortable with where they sit behind Dak starting the season? Yeah, I'm not. Um... The guys they have are fine, but I just think you have to make a play for somebody. You know, if, if there isn't going to be somebody that becomes available from another team, then you make some type of a move. Obviously, one that stands out is like the Gardner Minshew move. I'm not saying it's, you're not going to add anybody that's going to just keep it rolling if Dak was to go down for an entire season. We already understand that. But I think at where they're at right now, even if they had to go three, four games, I'd be a little nervous about how, how they're gonna the offense is gonna operate. I mean, if everything's clicking, the offensive line's healthy, all those offensive weapons are clicking. I certainly think Cooper Rush can get the ball out and, and keep things going, but man, that's a significant drop off. And I mean, yeah, of course you'd like to have Andy Dalton back. They were never gonna spend that money, but there are ways that you could have got mm-hmm. something a little bit better uh, than where they are right now. I agree. I think you, you know there there are some guys out there that have won some games. I would have gone that route. Um, I didn't like what I saw out of Cooper Rush and, and Garrett Gilbert. I mean, it was just a heads or tails for me to keep him. I would have kept Rush over Gilbert, but I would have looked at, at other options. But, you know, let, it's not the end of the – if that gets carted off the field or whatever, yeah, that's terrible. It's the three or four games that worry me. I think back to 2008, Romo broke his finger in Arizona and Brad Johnson had to play, and it was a, that, that ended up costing their season. That's yeah. what I worry about. It's just the three or four games. I literally wrote about that today. I, that was that's that's the measure of a backup quarterback. Man, I'm stuck here because if I say that I I read, read it, I know you didn't. If read I read it, then I, I copied it. Or if you I say stole I, it. but if I say I didn't <laughs> read it, then I'm not maybe supporting Rob's stuff. You know, maybe maybe he stole uh, it. Wait, I'll I'll get in the middle of this because I know both of you. He didn't read. it. Yeah, no. he didn't. Know. Now he's, now I'm stuck because I'm like now nah, I didn't read his well, stuff. He's I, he's in meetings a lot. He's got a fantasy football draft going on. I'm, right it's this over. Minute. I finished. Well, what Nick I got a B minus by the way. What Nick would have said like you wrote today. Rob. Yeah. He yes. would have said that if he read it. He didn't Rob read it. and That's I, okay. we've they worked didn't. together for so long. We think alike, and we, we remember That's, that game. That was the that was a terrible yeah. overtime for the Cowboys. <laughs> they, they lost more than the game. And, that, and the game in Pittsburgh, and that ridiculous cold where Tony throws the pick six hey. at the end of the game. I'm telling you, back I'm from the hand you. injury. Give, get, do a list of the worst losses in franchise history, and on the top twenty, four of them are in 2008. That's right. Baltimore, the last game at the stadium. Yeah, way to send off Texas oh Stadium. Gosh. Letting a fat fullback go 85 oh, yards for a touchdown. Horrible. Over, oversized. But, back. but, but the Sorry. backup quarterback situation is always interesting for Jerry Jones because he always brings it up. Remember when they had Kyle Orton and paid the big money for him? Yeah. And Tony's the hero in Washington. 
gets all kinds of hurt, can't play Week 17. All they got to do is beat Philly, and they win the division, and Kyle Orton couldn't do it. Yeah. And so what did all that money go for? Jerry goes, we don't need a back. The next year they had, I don't even remember who they had, but he was yeah. he was nobody. Yeah. And and they, well, we can, we'll just forfeit the season if we lose Dak, I guess, and- is and even last year, Andy Dalton fell in their lap. It's not like it was this like play, like, hey, we got to go get somebody now. Right. We have to. I mean, it's like, whoa, we can get this guy for three million bucks. Let's. Wow, this is incredible. Like he lives close by and he wants to come yeah. here for that. Let's. That's fine. If he was from California, he would. He, he's not here. So does, he's from off Fort Worth. Right. <laughs> to Steve's point, though, there there isn't a big like investment recently outside of that in backup quarterback. And it is kind of funny to me because you are in a division that literally the backup quarterback helped them win a Super Bowl. Like you just think that yeah. that would elevate your 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 thoughts on it a little bit more. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I say that now, and Cooper Rush is going to get in one of these games. He's going to look great because everyone's going to be clicking, and he's going to dominate. Yeah. Back in the 1994 uh, podcast that they did here, you know, it was <laughs> just like if they don't. Yeah. You know, what, what if it gets to Jason Garrett? What if Jason Garrett has to play against Brett Favre and things? I mean, you know, yeah. I'm not saying Cooper Rush is going to do that, but. You know, and we've been surprised before by these quarterbacks. Yeah, Garrett Gilbert almost did it last year against Pittsburgh when true. Pittsburgh was undefeated, you know. That's All true. right. The name of the show is Media Mash, and this is why I didn't want to be considered the host because I'm not very good at it. I should have asked Rookie, do we go to a commercial break at any point, Rookie? Yeah. That would have yeah, been a great question uh, before we started the show. And by the way, speaking of Rookie, uh, he let me know that Fred Ross was his big receiver at Mississippi State that tried to be a cowboy, remember? You think no. you got to look up any of the players on this team? Any? <laughs> I don't. I don't it remember Fred no. Ross. No, yeah, he was he was here for a little bit, but yes. like, but you had to look that up. Yeah. Like, did you have to look up any of the players that are on his team right now? If you like, everybody's yeah. a household name. There's nobody. No. All right, uh, that's topic number one in my opinion that you fans all across the world are concerned about. How will Dak play? Number two, what is this Quinn defense? Another year of doom for the Cowboys defense, or will it be in bloom? under Quinn and maybe zoom a little that's next here on media mash as we mash that up I don't even know how long the break is but we'll be right back (laughs) honey big news Gary are you okay oh I'm not Gary anymore I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. 
which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. To Media Mash. Stay in the know on all things Dallas Cowboys. Sign up for email notifications for exclusive offers, Cowboys events, and so much more. Sign up via email at dallascowboys.com slash subscribe. Sign up, John. I will. Yeah, John. Cool. (laughs) That was was Nick Eatman. Uh, That was John Machoda, who was chastised by Nick. And we got Rob Phillips over here. That's our foursome for Media Mash on this inaugural show. Uh, show. It's a show, you guys. Let's keep that That's in mind. Right. Um, and we'll be doing it every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 on all of the Cowboys platforms. So uh, we hope you can join us. All right, topic number two. It's about the defense. And I want to start the discussion with you guys uh, here with this question. If you're going to make the case that the defense is much better than it was last year, who are you mainly betting on to make that so? Dan Quinn or Micah Parsons? Mm, that's a good question because those are the first two that come to my mind. But I'm going to go with Dan Quinn because, to me, as a diehard Florida State fan, over the last five years, it, they've dropped off in play so much that you're just to the point where you're just like, just look like you're fundamentally sound. Just do like the little things that I don't even care about the talents on the field. Just do the stuff that makes me know, hey, they're well coached, and we're headed in the right direction. And you got that the other night. Okay, right. Yeah, and that's feel good what, about that. I, yeah, yeah, I, and okay. I do a lot. But that's what I'm saying with this defense. Like, it's a hell of a game, by the way. Yeah. Show me that there aren't the missed tackles, the missed assignments, the multiple games where we're going into the post game press conference talking about lack of effort. Like, if you eliminate all of that stuff. And then it just comes down to, A, maybe you're not as talented as maybe the top 10 defenses or something. I think they land somewhere in the middle, and I think that that's good enough, middle of the pack in the NFL. And that's where they should be, because that is kind of the thing that we got used to under Rod Marinelli. You know, it was never this load up on, on defensive talent. You know, 14, 16, 18, none of those years were great on, on talent. But you at least knew, hey, these guys are going to play hard and they're going to they're be, you know, assignment sound. I feel like you're going to get that. They overachieved. Marinelli's right. defense is always overachieved, didn't they? Yes. Always? For the most part. For the most part. Yeah. I mean, your yeah. brain's going to a specific three-game well, stretch. No, like, when were they just <laughs> overloaded with, like, talent on the defensive right. line with Rob? No, you're, you're right. And you that, that was kind of by design, which yeah. is kind of – it kind of got old after a while. I mean, because he was, like, trying – I felt like – and I, I like him a lot, but I felt like he kind of – tried to be the hero all the time and just get these Nick Haydens of the world and George Selvies and then look mm-hmm. what we did with them when you know it's like well why don't you why don't we draft somebody you know but he didn't even want that sometimes sometimes there was guys where he didn't even want in the first round and said no take an offensive player yeah he was proud when they signed a good free agent deal with somebody else oh right. look what we did we developed that right. guy right and this, this isn't you know college what do you think, Quinn, Keep or, Quinn or Parsons? Quinn. I'm, still, I'm still debating. I'm Quinn. I mean, Parsons is gonna—he's gonna have an immediate impact. And when I watch when I watch Devin White, I kind of see a little of what they want Micah Parsons to do and what they think he can do. Just the speed, pass rush ability, all that stuff. But Dan Quinn, when you listen him talk to us, 
it's not quite Bill Parcells. All those press conferences we listened to back in the day where you felt like you, it was like a seminar on football. It's not quite that, but you do feel like you're learning something and you, you have a clear understanding of what he expects, certain roles for guys, more so than last year with Mike Nolan. And I'm not ripping on, on Mike Nolan, but I, I think they just – guys weren't comfortable with the scheme. They weren't comfortable with their assignments. There wasn't enough time to put it all together. It was virtual. It was all that crap. It was just a bad situation. They've tried to upgrade the talent. I think they have in some spots. But I think Quinn's communication, everything you hear about him as a teacher and stuff, it comes through when we talk to him. I, I, I think I can see why people have – players have faith in him. Like, you still have to have the players to do it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the movie Big Lebowski. I've seen it a few times, but I mean, there's there's the dude, right? I thought you hated that movie. I don't hate okay, it. Go ahead. It, you know, I don't love it. It's not one of my favorites, but there's a the, lot of people do love it. Yeah. so it's easy to hate. Right, right. No, no. It's it, and it's and I've seen it a few times, but what I'm talking about is there's the dude, and I'm going to go with Parsons to your answer because I do think Dan Quinn's going to help you know get all these guys in the right place like you said I think he's going to make them better but at some point you got to have the guy and I think Micah Parsons can be him if it's not Randy Gregory has a chance too there's a, everything's out in front of him now he could have a really big year but but Quinn's got to figure out how to get him going how to get him and D-Law how to figure out what to do with Jalen Smith where do you want to play him and all that but I think Micah Parsons is your best guy to just say he is going to be catalytic and take it over. And would, I, so I'm going to go with Micah. Wouldn't it be something if Randy Gregory became the dude? That'd the be guy. the best story in the NFL, wouldn't it? He's no. got the ability to do it. Don't and lose your thought on my thought. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, when we talk about Micah Parsons, I just hope everything that we've seen throughout training camp and all these practices out here at the Star is what we see on Sundays. And when I say that, it goes back to Dan Quinn. Like, please, line, move Micah all around. Because yeah. not every coach is going to do that. Right, you know, line him up like like we've seen up to this point, where you well, see him sometimes rushing off the edge, you see him over over the nose, you see him playing outside line, you see him playing, dropping into coverage, like allow him to do all that stuff. Okay, that sounds great, and and I agree with you. The problem is, I say this all the time about a corner that travels. Well, this corner should travel with this receiver. Well, what does that also mean? It also means the other corner has to travel. So when Micah Parsons is lining up all these places, which I think he can do, that means the other guys, linebackers included, have to know where they're going because that means they're lining up in different spots too. So that it's not just an easy thing to say Micah can line up everywhere. The rest of the guys are also have to be adaptable. Well, I also think that's why Dan Quinn went out and got Keanu Neal. Because I, I think agree. that that's a key that's a key piece in there because he trusts him he, and, and yeah. Keanu Neal knows his his system and just I mean we have very limited interactions with these guys but like that from day one that's what I noticed about Keanu Neal I'm like oh this makes sense why he why he would bring him in here mm-hmm. play linebacker you know he was obviously a safety before like I think he fits into there and then Leighton Van Der Esch, I think it won't have any issues with that as well as long as he can obviously stay, stay healthy, healthy yeah. this is the reason why it, it, I don't know if you guys feel this way but for the first time in a very long time. Um, I can't compare a season to it where you just have really no idea what they're going to be. And, and m- m- the coach on Thursday, I went to a news conference on Thursday, and, and he said uh, our roster is 43% different, which gives you an idea where we think we're headed. And I'm going, hmm, all right. It, it, that means you had to really change it from last year, but you have no idea how it means you're headed anywhere good until you get out and see. And if you think about it, and this is what makes me lean 
into the darkness a little bit is only three players really popped through the preseason. Now, you guys can argue with me because you probably have more than that. You saw every play. I mean, Keanu, uh, Micah, and Jabril Cox. Those three players popped, didn't they? I think Van Der Esch had a really good camp that's not always ind- indicated by like splash plays. Like Micah had more splash plays. Mm-hmm. But I think Leighton was a lot of times in the right spot you know, like doing what he needs to be doing, which was a problem last year on defense a lot of the time. Trayvon Diggs got beat a lot, but there's nothing wrong with that when you're playing with against CD Lamb constantly. Like I think he had a really good camp too. I think those are two guys you can lean on. And then you know? and then Demarcus Lawrence getting zero snaps. Yeah. I mean obviously if he's out there, there's a trickle down to, to the impact it's gonna help the rest of the defensive line. What about have, the new guys though? Did Osa pop at all? Yes. I mean this is did he? Yeah. I did think Carlos so. pop? Did you see something from him that lets you... Who? Kelvin Justin? Carlos Watkins. Carlos Watkins. Watkins. I mean, if he's going to start inside, you got to stop the run. They couldn't do yeah. it last year. Did I mean, did you see something uh, at any point in the preseason, a little bit of dominance from him or Osa or Basham or Urban, the new guys? You know what I mean? That's a great question because I think, I think Osa is showing he could be an impact guy right off the bat and he needs to be because they've I totally agree with you like Quinn is my answer to your question but the biggest problem they had was that interior line stopping the run and they've committed a lot of resources in free agency not a big bucks but draft picks to do it that's first and foremost and and without Neville Gallimore I think that is a question mark you know I think they'll be better how much how much better because it was as bad as it could get last year. And if they so. play really good in there, they help the linebackers stop the run. Yes. Which is what they were able to do a few seasons ago, ridiculously, when Jalen and, and Leighton were both phenomenal. Uh, but to be good there, you need everything that's on this roster. And they're not going to have everything on this roster. You're not going to have Tristan Hill. You're not going to have Neville Gallimore. Like, they need, going back to the Rod Marinelli thing, where, you know, when they had DeMarcus Ware, you never heard them talk about, we're going to rotate in a lot of guys, and it's going to constantly... No, when you have DeMarcus Ware, you just leave him out there, and he just plays every snap, mm-hmm. and everything's fine. Well, with these defensive tackles, when you have that, where you have Gallimore, and you have Tristan Hill, and Osa, and Urban, and Carlos Watkins, then you're constantly rotating those guys, and then I think that they could be solid. But when all of a sudden two of those key pieces aren't going to be on the field for a while to start the season, that's where, I mean... To me, that that's the biggest position of, of concern going into the start of the season. Oh, it's the same with safety because you're like, who's the best two safeties? We were, we talked about that at practice the other day, and it was like everyone had different answers, you know. And like, you don't who are the best guys? I mean, there's four guys out there, and I think you can you could say all of them could be considered in the top two. And that's so. Is that a good thing? There's depth, but there's not a dude, you know. Mm. So well, I I you know, Casey and Donovan are pretty pretty good place to start. I think, don't you? I think you can argue that Hooker and Curse are, are better. Are, Hooker may come. Right, right. He may start coming. With time. Yeah, I could see that. He see uh, that. He's talented. I don't know what he's lost, but I know that player a little bit. Yeah. And I won't say why. Because you're a Johnny Buckeye. He's, he's the very biggest talented. Buckeye there is. I mean, he's really talented. All right, well, since if, you're bringing this up, i got to bring this up with you. Um so when they signed him, I went back and I was like, oh, I'm going to go see the video of like what the panel said that's like hosting the draft when, when Hooker got taken by the Colts. And I'm telling you right now, anybody that's listening, go back on YouTube and look that up. It's about as critical as I've ever heard anybody, yeah. John Gruden on it. And they were just, I mean, they were playing 
all these replays of how bad he was against the run coming up and couldn't make plays. Like, Gruden was just like, I don't even know. Like, yeah, he's a ball hawk on the back end, but they come up and make plays. And and they had these, like, this reel ready to go. I just Ugh. couldn't believe how critical they were. I mean, the kid just got drafted. And so that was always my thing. I was wondering, once they signed him, it's like, I wonder if he's improved. Because I haven't watched him a lot with the Colts. But that was the thing with Ohio State. They said, like, you know, he could get the interceptions on the back end. I think he had seven in one season. But they they were a little nervous about him coming up in the run and being that type of safety. Love making those hits. interceptions. <laughs> right, absolutely. Um, the secondary is really good that he played on. I mean, yeah. Lattimore was on it. And, the, and Eli Apple, when he was a good player. And they, there were a lot of... Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, Hooker, what he did was he found the ball. Now, I don't, I don't think he was a killer back. Then. And if he does that here, no one yeah. will care. What no he does one will care. Nobody <laughs> will care. And he has an act for it. He has an act for it. Whatever, whatever no, that. I'll just is. tell you this: if you're going to put on number twenty-eight and be a safety, you better do both. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. So you guys are in the press box uh, in Tampa, and here comes Brady. So your your eyes go where on the defense? I mean, because nobody has a clue how good or bad the defense is going to be. And we probably won't until, what, week eight, as Parcells would say? Oh, I, we do shows every day. We're going to find out on gonna, Friday. Oh, on Friday yeah. after the game, you're we're going to have it all out Friday. there. Yes. Oh, yeah. we, don't, we, don't, we don't wait. You know, you yeah. know how it is in radio. True. It's true. Just, wait, this it, is it. What did Bill terrible. say? We got Thanks, five shows Thanksgiving and figured it out. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Bill yeah. said Thanksgiving. He was right? in my dreams last night, by the way. You brought him up. He showed up in a dream I had last night. Doing it. Doing he told it. me to do it what? again. Whatever I was doing, he oh didn't like it. And he goes, do it again. Oh, man. This <laughs> that was in my crazy. dream. But anyway, I, I where need, are your I need going? more information than that because no, you don't. If you, if you don't, don't need no, no, I do. I do. If you no. need more. I need. I need a little bit more info than I, just him saying, "Do it I again." I don't Steve, even remember in your dream. It was some chore. Come up with something. And he scared me. That's all. I We're all scared right now. Oh. So where are your eyes going? Are you going to look at the safeties? Are you going to look at the linebackers? Are you going to look at the tackles? Where Where are your eyes going? Eleven. Tackles. Everything's going oh, eleven. 11. Yeah. You're going to just it just look. Oh, you're going to Micah. Okay. Every single. I thought you meant all. Oh, well. I'm doing that. Uh, Tom Brady's going to be doing that. I mean, he is the chess piece. He's the thing that's going to be moved around all over the place, and Tom Brady's going to play games with him because that's exactly what he's going to go after is this Tom, young kid that's got the sticker on his helmet. Tom doesn't like the fact that they have different numbers now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he, he might did, not know. He didn't like that. They had to change the rules with 11 that's and 9 right. and all that. Said it again today. Did he? Yeah. Again? I, I was a social media post. He's still pissed off. Deal with it because the Cowboys have two safeties wearing six and 18, and they have a two right. linebackers wearing <laughs> nine and 11. I think 11 will be out there more than nine, but whatever. You got a corner wearing seven? Corner wearing seven. That's yeah. right. I like your dude reference because I think the best success coming out of the Tampa game would be if Micah is just a dude. Oh, for sure. And you go, and he just, like DeMarcus Ware did in that preseason game in Seattle, just jumped because, and you yeah. just went, whoa! Because, if he does that, I don't care what the score in the game is. Because if he doesn't, and Lyle Collins has problems, or somebody gets hurt on that offensive line, and all of a sudden Rashawn Slater's doing great over there with the Chargers, it's going to be like, hmm, he was just I, okay. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change my opinion on that. I'm just saying. Watch the defense last year. I don't know how you could not argue, I, pick a defensive I, player to help me. Somebody. Right. And he was the no, best guy, they say, on their board. Hey, you're, oh, very, you're very capable I think host. next year's draft might go the same exact way. Think you're, so? I think they could go do the exact same thing all over again on defense, and I don't think it will be anybody will even bat an eye at it. Well, the, the host is panicking because 
I have to take a break. We have a two-minute break. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm one of the hosts, too. So are you panicking? No, let's take a break, though. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, Cheers, jeers, and fears. What do those three things mean next as we continue to mash it up here on Media Mash? Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Join us for a free watch party at the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium Thursday, September 9th as your Cowboys kick off the season in Tampa. Enjoy yard games, beer gardens, performances by the cheerleaders and Cowboys rhythm and blue dancers and more. Doors open at 530, kickoff 720. For more information, att.com. Hope you're enjoying the new little get-together called Media Mash here on DallasCowboys.com radio and all the Twitter live and Facebook live and all that. You and Cowboy Nation know where to find us. Uh, It's the first show. We're going to do it every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 with a small rotation of beat writers involved with Rob and Nick involved as well. Uh, two very, very, very talented writers. Yeah, I mean do you want to you want to say you want to say why we're both on it today? Well I mean I mean you want to throw anything under the bus? Yeah, let's, let's, John, let's John, John, John showed his guess. Guess. Um all right. So Clarence Hill. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Ding, wait, where's the ding ding ding? Yeah, it was Clarence Yeah, Hill. Clarence was scheduled. Uh and this is again another, is where I fail as a host already. Another night in Tampa or here. Yeah, he mm-hmm. had to go to Tampa early, and now we're not going to ask Michelle to guess why. Undefeated. <laughs> we're just. <laughs> okay. That's all right. Good word. Good word. Speaking of good words, all right. This is something I came up with. It's it's really silly, but we're going to do it on Tuesdays on this in this hour because it's a way of knowing what was good, what was bad, and what scares the hell out of you coming out of the game. Cheers, jeers, and fears. Um, cheers, rookie. 
Uh huh. See, see, got a little uh, element action here. Jeers. It's my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this one. Fears. Is this the Cuban Missile Crisis today? Oh, see, he's gonna come in my dream again tonight. Miss, I, miss Bill. I just oh no. Are you kidding me? All right. Mm. Bill's doing well. All right. Uh, who wants to start? Any show of hands? Who wants to start with, and what we mean by cheers, jeers, and fears? I want you guys to find the one guy you've seen every second of the entire preseason and OTAs, the whole business. Who do you want to tip the cap to? Who do you give cheers to going to the opener? Jeers, who you don't want to give the tip of the cap to? You're worried about the performance and the preseason and then fears is more of a general thing what worries you most as we get ready to kick off the season you first philip all at once or just the just the cheers cheers part? first cd lamb cd lamb was i'm probably stealing your pick i'm probably stealing <laughs> your pick and maybe your pick too he was absolutely dominant and he did it in pra- you know in practice and some of the preseason he did it with backup quarterbacks you know that was the thing about it he found a connection with garrett gilbert and cooper rush and took a step towards being the best receiver on this team. I still think it's Amari Cooper when he's fully healthy and he's ready to go for week one, but I think the gap's closed. I think they've got basically 1A, 1B type receivers and then Michael Gallup's right there too. Um, and he's probably going to go high in some fantasy drafts, Nick. Where did he go in your fantasy draft? I don't even know. I didn't get him. I didn't get him. I got Gallup like in the ninth round, so 12th round or something. He did so. go higher than Amari in my Yeah, he can't which surprised me. I mean, he... Did he steal your... Cheers. Oh, 100%. I mean, when I go out to training camp, all I care about are tweeting videos from practice because we don't get to do it any other time of year. And I'll tell you what, when Dak goes down early, you know, a helmet obviously likes doing it too. And we just were like, oh, this is terrible for our content. And we'd even joke around, like when they would be doing some of these drills and they're just like, you know, 30 minutes without like tweeting any video or just like, oh, we don't have anything. And then here comes CD, would always save the day with some type of, you know, big time catch. He, He just. I don't know. Like you don't even have to know anything about the Cowboys or know anything about football. Like if you just went to one of their practices, like you would just be like, okay, and then you leave. And as you leave, there's a person standing there. Go, who stood out to you? Almost everybody would say 88. He's good. Yeah, yeah. that 88 guy does does really cool stuff. Like it's it, been it, that way for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> there you just go. say that. He's an alien. He's like DeAndre Hopkins, who's an alien. He's just there's he's got the alien factor where he he's different. He did, doesn't look like a human. Yeah, I and, and I keep going back. When when you say that, honestly, he just doesn't. Honestly, when you say that, the very first thing I think of is that is that touchdown catch in Minnesota in that like back of the oh, end yeah. zone where he like he like adjusted his body in mid air where you're just like you're continuously rewinding like wait how did he do this how did he do this like and then he comes up with that big old grin on his face like a little kid. And That's you know what I like. You know about the other him. thing is like when we when he's out here and we're talking to him like I'm like he's not real wide. He kind of looks, I mean, because even we're in the 88, I'm kind of like, that's kind of like, that number doesn't fit him. Like, he, I feel like he should be like, yeah. like, he should be 11 or a single digit or whatever. But when you watch him play, whether it's Oklahoma or since he's been here, like, he breaks tackle. He's physical. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't think there's really a weakness to his game. And, and in training camp, you know, and, and maybe that's why Trayvon Diggs didn't st- stand out a lot to because yeah. he was always going against him. Uh, and they had I, some battles. Yeah, you know? no, they did. And Diggs did some things, but yeah, see, it was the CD was show. Was that your guy weeks. too, Nick? It was mine. No. Oh, no. you got a ba- Oh, here. Ooh. Yeah, I don't have a hey, player. Look, this could be genius. Let's hear it. I don't know if it's genius, but I'm going to go with Britt Brown, Jim Maurer, Greg Gaither, and that training staff. And I'll tell you why, because 
Dak Prescott is ready to go. And when he was getting carted off the field and taking getting the surgery, getting second surgery, there were some question marks about that. And maybe not that he would play this game, but that he would be ready to go. He's got they got them ready. He got Lyle Collins ready. He's got Tyron Smith feeling the best that they could feel. So they're giving the Cowboys the best chance right now to go succeed. And it, everyone said it. They got to get the tackles back. They got to get Dak back, of course, not in that order. And I, I, I applaud them for doing. It. They did their job. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But it's it, it was I think they did a marvelous job of getting them to this point. Those so, three have been doing a marvelous they, job for a really have, long time. Yeah, they have. How do you think their success rate depends on how good the patient is? And when I say that, because when you mentioned about the Dak thing, like I feel like Dak is the type of guy that's literally going to do true. whatever Britt says and more. And more, yeah, or yeah, well, obviously more. Um, I mean, they can try to do more, and then, but that's that's what the genius is of those guys, right. because everybody's oh. like, "No, I'm coming in, I'm going to do more." And you're like, "No, that's not." And how by it the works. way, real quick, both of you and everybody involved, uh, the the deep blue presentation of Drew and Woodson, phenomenal, outstanding work, and and Britt had me crying in the Woodson one about Woodson. Mm-hmm. Just what you're talking about, yeah. where he, he he would always want to do more. He wants to do more. He just kept, and Britt was getting choked up yeah. about it. Well, you guys know, you put it together. But yeah. uh, that really got me in that about Woody and Britt Brown talking yeah. about what kind of a player he was. Yeah. Phenomenal. They, but they ha- you have to care. You have to care like that. that when, the pl- when they see that the player is all in and invested, like you said, then they, they'll, they'll give you everything they've got. And I guarantee you, not only did Dak do that, but he had Lyle Collins with him right next to him as well. So those guys working together, tiring, all that stuff. So we'll see what happens on the field. But just getting them there, I, I, I give some cheers. To them. All right, mine, mine was CD, but I'm going to go to Jeers first for me because I'm going to pick on Amari first in his line this week where he said, yeah, I'm the most talented wide receiver in the world. I just haven't showed it yet. See, I've been saying that about my broadcasting career my whole life. I'm the best that ever lived. I just haven't shown it yet. I mean, what kind of a comment was that? I want to give some jeers to that. That that makes no sense. I want to get that out. If you guys want to react, feel free. I love it. I but, love the comment. Do you? Yeah. 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 He's a wide receiver. Would says, you love it if I said it? <laughs> no, because you've had 45 years to do it. He's it's had five. the same thing. No, but but he, he's saying, do I feel like I'm the best? Yeah. I, but do also, do I need to prove it? That's fine. we got guys out here on this team that are not saying that second line. They're just saying the first line. I would say the first line first. And then follow it. If I start showing it, I think I could be the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Don't lead with, yeah, I'm the best wide I just haven't shown it yet. If your kid said something like that, oh, I'm a straight-A student. I just haven't shown it yet. You're going to go say what? But he was asked the question yeah, that right. way. Are you the best wide receiver in the league? And he said yes. But and I thought it, you know, it was a mature answer. Like, right. I, how know. much are we killing him if he doesn't? I, I just thought if it was he says funny, I'm, funny I more think, than anything. What if he says I think I'm number eight, even though I'm getting paid like I'm number one or two? What if he says I'm probably eight or nine? How, how, how are we are, are we killing him for that? He's Pro- I'm, I'm making a lot of money for what you know, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. right. I'm actually guys. Yeah. I'm really stealing no, this. Or, yeah. What is my average uh, pick in the in fantasy drafts? What right. am I like thirty one? Hey, uh, hey, rookie, give us the jeer sound again. I like that. It's my quarterback. Man, that sounds familiar. I'm not quite sure. I, I think we were standing right there, wouldn't you? Yeah. Long time ago. All right, my jeer, we got to hurry a little bit here. My jeer, real quick, is just kind of the whole preseason in general. I think I just think it's been a failure. 
for the Cowboys. I don't think, and I think that's the way preseasons go anyway in the NFL now. You know, uh, you get all excited. Uh, nobody plays. Uh, Zeke, what did he get? How many snaps? Handful. Zero. Dak, oh, he got zero too. Zero. Demarcus, zero. Um, they got beaten every game. And most importantly, they never showed dominance in any single two minute period of any game in anything on the field. So you would have felt better, though, if Dak comes out there for one series. Let's say he doesn't, we're going to go hypothetical, doesn't have a shoulder issue. He gets out there for one series with the ones, and they just go right down the field. Uh, against whoever, Houston, whatever. If they just had that one drive, then you'd be happy with the entire No, f- speaking specifically about Dak being ready for night after tomorrow, I think he should have got one series and felt the game again. How much different would you feel, though, about this preseason if he would have had that one drive? Let's say they just go right down the field, like eight plays, nice touchdown ball and a slant to see A little land. bit, a little bit. I just, uh, w- when you come out of a preseason – of course, it's so weird. Uh, two years in a row with all the protocols and yeah. guys coming and going, and it's very difficult. It was very difficult for Coach McCarthy last year. Um, I was just looking for one period of dominance. I don't care if it's the kicker, the returner, uh, something. Just go, oh, okay. Let's see if we see that. But anyway, too much on me. What do you got, Nick? Oh, I mean, I, I see your point there. I mean, you, you you wanted to see a little bit more success. I can't think of anything right off the top of my head that's like, like you know, I can't believe they didn't do this or that. I mean, because I think I, I've, I've learned over the years that it's like it just doesn't matter because getting out of the preseason without any crutches, I mean, they didn't even do that because they got guys hurt, key guys like Gallimore and, and, and maybe McEwen. But, I mean – you know, for the most part, you got to stay healthy. It's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have a, a I mean, I'm, I would just be picking on a, a young player or something. I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, somebody. And no need to do, do that. I mean, but, right. I'm, but who? I just didn't think they put anybody in position to do anything. Did we see Jalen Smith do anything? No, not they, really. They protected but, their top guys, they, especially yeah, guys I mean, coming back from injury. I mean, I didn't see D. Law doing that. I mean, he didn't play. I mean, yeah. so we didn't see these guys do anything. So I agree with you, though. It wasn't. It wasn't anything to get excited about. I. I. I think this is the one preseason where I absolutely know nothing about the team. That's right. I just don't. And, and that's why I, I didn't learn anything. I did not learn anything other than C. D. Lamb took that next step, and I think he is going to be an absolute baller. I didn't really learn a whole lot other than Micah Parsons looks like a good pick. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that on that point. I would say I could circle back to backup quarterback because we touched on that earlier. I didn't understand the competition. I didn't. I mean, That's true. it wasn't it wasn't a competition until suddenly it was at the end of preseason, and and now they're splitting reps in games, and and then Cooper Rush wins it. Now maybe it had something to do with him being hurt early in camp. But I'm with you guys. They've got some money now under the cap because they've restructured stuff, and maybe they just don't think enough guys are out there. But that's what they're rolling with, and. As I wrote today, hopefully they never have to find out. You know, that's the goal that Dak plays 1,300 straight snaps and you never have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Swing tackle, I don't know that they answered that question either going into uh, week one. And again, hopefully they don't have to worry about it. But Ty Nasecki's been banged up. Terrence Steele played last year, had some rough moments, fought. Uh, That's that's a depth spot where you look at it and say, "What's, what's the answer? I don't know what the answer is week one. Mine is at center, mainly backup center. I just don't understand how the process has gone by just skipping Connor McGovern over when he played it in college. And it, and, and it just like 
clearly they're showing that they're not 100% in and Tyler Biotish with all the snaps we saw Connor Williams get at center. They they're, they clearly would like him to be better at center, and that just hasn't happened. And now you hear Connor McGovern has gotten some third-team center snaps. Like, I don't know, it just it seems like, why is this happening this close to the season? Like, why wasn't this figured out, like, a ways, you know, ago? So that's one thing where I just kind of, I just don't feel like they're really settled there. Because um, personally, I think that if they if they were to, like, I'm all about getting your best five out there on your offensive line. And I think if they were to get their best five out there, I think they would want Connor Williams to be the center. Because then you would get, McGovern would probably be at, at guard and then Beatish right. would be your backup center. Right. And that, and I was told that that very reason, that's why they tried to get my, my, uh, some Connor Williams, some snaps, thinking that maybe if he was good enough to replace uh, Biotish, right? Then McGovern comes over. Now, what I what I don't understand is is that it was more of a reach for Connor Williams to play center than McGovern. Right. So if you want, if you think McGovern's one of your top five, then why not play him at center? And Connor, so I agree so with you there. The, I, the argument to, that was made to me is that you, I guess, I guess they didn't want to put too much on cover, Connor McGovern's plate. Because he was just kind of getting comfortable at guard, but I'm just like he played an entire season at Penn State at center. I don't know why the transition would be that difficult for him. It seems like he would be a good fit there, yeah. at least for us to see more of that. I don't even remember seeing that at all out in Oxnard. I, I think it was Matt no, it, uh, Farniak that was the third third string center. Yeah, if I'm right, and yeah. that's why I asked Coach McCarthy that very question today. And and I he basically said you said he's the third center, yeah. but I think the answer is that he's a young player. They're trying to. Let him work at guard, and and because he's missed so much time. Right. But I didn't really get a. I didn't. Well, think who's I'd the second center? The huh? Who's the second center then? Connor Williams. Williams. Mm. You had a big day today, by the way, Rob. You ever, you did a lot today. That <laughs> keep coming up here on the show. A lot. A lot. A lot. Nick, good, take good notice. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Wow. Please, please check out his work, Nick. If you get if you get a minute. Okay. Um, I'll do that. Fears, uh, we hit some of it here with, uh, you know, this is not a major deal. The season is starting. So uh, this is the time, and I know you guys are, because this has been forever, hasn't it? it I remember. Yes. When you watch every play and every second and every move the team makes, you get to this point and go, oh, my gosh, we're, we got a game in a night and a half, yeah. and then we get to get into this. I mean, there's no more excitement than right now yeah. after everything you guys have endured. And uh, fans, too, they feel that way, and they're pumped. Um, but put it all through your brain. What What is the one thing that if somebody walked up to you on the street and said, hey, Rob, uh, what, what what do you think will be this team's downfall? Or what what are you worried about? What scares you about something? What's the one thing that maybe you got a little fear about? Start with Rob. Health, just like last year. Can they keep everybody together? Because on paper, it looks like a very competitive team that should win this division, should be in the mix for a deep playoff run potentially. But And there's all this hope like the first day of training camp and then somebody gets hurt and you're like, oh yeah, this is the reality of this this game. And so you just don't don't know. If I'm looking at something specifically going into week one, I go back to our first segment, and that's that's the O-line, just right this minute. If Zach doesn't play, and he'll be back soon from COVID, but Lyle Collins has been dealing with a stinger for a couple weeks now. Hopefully that doesn't linger. I mean, you you, you want you want your guys in front of Dak to be healthy. That's that's yeah. the thing I look at. Clarification right now. on that real quick, because fans are listening. He had to be vaccinated, correct, to have a chance to play Thursday, Zach, we're talking about? Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. Don't hold me to this, but uh, when when he first announced that he tested positive, um, 
I thought back to watching some hard knocks, and I was told, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but to have your children on the field after practice, you had to be vaccinated. And obviously, Zach Martin's kids were out there. So I, immediately when he said that, I was like, oh, he's vaccinated because he was one of, you saw it in Hard Knocks. Added. But, and, I, and I was told that he, he was vaccinated. So Which means he does have time to get back-to-back negative results but in he, the next 48 hours, right? But, he, but it, but it doesn't really matter if he still has symptoms, though, you know, if he's yeah. not if he's not healthy. Yeah. And, and also, here's the other part about all of this. I, I understand that, you know, Jerry is, is doesn't want to ever close the door on anything. He likes keeping hope sure. alive. But, like, do you really want to throw a guy out there like this isn't coming back from like you know jim wrap up his ankle a second time here like this is covid like do you really want him like coming right off of this you know forcing him to take these two tests and then he doesn't practice all week and then just throwing him well, out there if against he his only defensive had line? a runny nose maybe yeah but if he had more he had. symptoms then no I, yeah, i'm yeah. with you I, all I, right your turn nick what's uh what's the big fear they already stole mine the biggest fear is that they just can't they just can't stop the run. I mean, like they they just getting bullied off the line, and these these young guys that they have, and they're trying to piece it together. And, and you know, Dak just brought them back to within four, and they got to make a stop to, to to get back to get the ball back, and they just can't. They can't do it. They can't get off the field. They can't stop the run. That that's what I. That's the fear of mine. That's what we saw last year, and just the guys that they've added in there. I I, I just don't see it. One of them's banged up right now, and Neville Gallimore. So that's a fear for me. It's always in every every level of football. Stop the run. And so I, that's that's where it starts for me. I'm with you. That, that's where I am. They've got five of the eight top D linemen are new. Uh, so many new guys in the secondary, as we talked about. 43% of the roster. <laughs> that shows you where we're headed. Well, uh, eight, what if, eight draft picks on that side. That, yeah. That's where the fear is. We have no idea. Let, let's watch them play. Let's see what they do. But right now I'm thinking, what if, what if they're no good? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and every fan goes, you know, you got to have the yin and the yang. The optimism is on the other side of the ball, obviously, has been for quite some time. But all right, Michelle, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, with Rob said about the health is, is clearly number one for me, but even more specific, it, it is COVID. And it's just that not knowing from week to week who you're going to have, who guys were around. Uh, there's just going to be so much uncertainty. Uh, I was out at that Miller Lighthouse today when they did the unveiling the ad that Nick just read. And Stephen Jones was out there, and he said that they're close to being 100% vaccinated. He said that there's only three players now left on the roster, and that's including the practice squad, uh, that have not at least started the process of getting vaccinated. So basically three players that are just against you know, getting vaccinated. I'm sorry, there's somebody on the practice squad that's not vaccinated? No, no, no. He said including them. I, 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 saying, I know no. including, but I'm just saying, are you on the practice squad and you're not vaccinated? Wow. Good, you, it's made of stone. Yeah. Good job. No, he just wanted to make sure he was including them, that it wasn't just the 53, that it was also yeah, the guys. I the, get it, but I, I have a hard time thinking there's somebody on the practice squad. Right. Must be really good. I just think there's just a lot of uncertainty from week to week because of COVID, because even with being vaccinated, the testing yeah. positive, and sure. then all of a sudden, For Dak, Dak can't yeah. go on Sunday, so Cooper Rush, you got to go on, on you know three days of practice or two days or whatever. Uh, and it is for every everybody, but yeah. So if if we were taking that out of there, I, I agree with Rob. It's just the health. I mean, everyone talks about Dak because it's the most obvious one, but I don't even know how much success they have last year with Dak if they don't have Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith. I mean, it was just it seemed like what, whatever could go wrong did, Aiden. and that's the one thing that you could fix is if you could get this team healthy. If this team's healthy, I, I believe it's a playoff team. Yeah, I think that. Remember last year when Dak was on the field, and so was the offensive line. They started badly, and I think they're going to start badly again this year. But patience, I think they're going to be fine, and be like you say, 
playoff contender. But these first two games are brutal, man. <laughs> You're going. To, I think Justin Herbert could be an MVP candidate this year with that offensive line they put in front of him now. It's a weird start to go one side of the country against the Super Bowl champions, and then the other, the other coast a road trip against an up and coming team. I agree with you. That's that's difficult. Tough. It's tough. And, and Dak hasn't played. Yeah. And it, it's a little unfair to think that Dak can outduel Brady and Herbert with the weapons that they both have and the weapons that Dak has in these first two games. So I would say patient, <laughs> you know, keep them healthy and then everything will be fine as the season moves along. But I think the expectations should be a little under for the first two games. But wouldn't it be great if it's not? If they go into Tampa and go, yeah, Super Bowl, my, and just <laughs> clock them. And Mike McCarthy knew all of these things and obviously knew the schedule at this point. So now, I mean, it's pretty obvious why he would have almost driven his truck off the road when Jerry was like, on top of that, you yeah. guys are going to do hard knocks this year. Yeah. You know, So it all <laughs> seems like there's a lot, but there's obviously a lot of difference between coaching the Packers and the Cowboys. All right, fellas, I, I think we're done. Again, I, I should know that, but I, I, I'm just kind of... done. Oh, thank <laughs> oh, you, rookie. Chris is ready. Thank you, we're Chris done. Uh, Media Mash, we'll do it again Tuesday and Thursday of next week. You'll hear a lot from Nick on the show, thankfully, a lot from Rob on the show, a lot from Mashoda on the show, thankfully, again. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Uh, We'll do it again next Tuesday. Enjoy the game, and then listen to these guys break it down on Friday. They'll have all the answers. See you next Tuesday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!